need to acquire it first. So we acquired a lot and then we managed to sell them in university at high-end prices. Oh, okay. So that turned out to be a good uh, a good business model. We made we we're making around 40,000 a month, which as a university student, you know, getting 40,000 rand. Making an Africa podcast. I'm your host, Tatamondo. Today I have a special guest. Uh, his name is Tabiso Matthew. Tabiso, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for doing this with me. Uh, so, Tabiso Matthew uh, is from South Africa. He's the founder of Sanct. Do you say it? Sanct- Sanctum? Yeah, Sanctum. Sanctum Finance Group. Santam Finance Group and uh, Essential Web. So the Santam Finance Company was founded in 2016 as an accounting and tech services provider. The initial vision was to assist emerging business SMMEs with tax and other compliance procedures. They have since branched into logistics and construction. The company also provides information technology and related service through a wholly owned subsidiary, which was acquired at the beginning of 2019. The company is 100% black owned with 50% female ownership. That's, that's interesting, man. So uh, how did you get to 50% female ownership? Uh, what, what was the thinking behind that? Uh, I guess uh, with what uh, is happening around Africa, if you look at the trend, uh, most women are taking a hold and a foot in the direction of uh, entrepreneurship. So if you yeah. look at most companies, they're looking to do business, business with uh, female owners. So it was a good step in the, it was a, a step in a direction that in terms of growth and compliance also with, uh, uh, what do you call it? Application for, what do you call this thing? For projects and ah, okay. uh, business to other companies. Most businesses would prefer doing business with companies that have at least one female or oh. in directorship or 50% as my company is. Oh, I, I got you. So yeah. how did you get uh, the other females? Are they like your friends around you or the people that you used to work with before? Uh, how, how did you get to get together with those uh, females to be part of your company? Oh, yeah. Um, the acquaintances in terms of our relationship in business started before even we were in business. So it was more of a, it was friendship than it, we ventured into business together. Oh, nice. So you have a quote where you say, a successful man is one who can lay a firm foundation with the bricks others have thrown at him. I was impressed by that quote, man. It's under one of your pictures on the Instagram. What inspired uh, <laughs> this caption? Yeah, yeah. Because um, one of the reasons I actually went to business myself, I, I, I can't say as a person growing up, I've always wanted to be a businessman or entrepreneur. But yeah. one of the reasons I've ventured into businesses always being looked down upon by other people. So I'm actually inspired. I was actually inspired, if I may say, by people that always looked down on me, people that always yeah. said I wouldn't go far, people that always, you know, when they say you're actually going to go into this direction, that actually yeah. molded my mindset. And those mm. are that, that's behind that quote. 
In- interesting. Uh, yeah, I-, I get it. So is it like uh, in high school where you're not a, like uh, a top performer in terms of academics? Why, why did people have that mindset like this guy is not going anywhere? Why did they think so? I, I don't know. I think uh, not even. In-, in high school, I wouldn't say I wasn't a top performer. I was an average performer. But I oh. think as individuals all of us we meet people that always look down upon us because wherever you wherever you go as a person there'll always be someone above you so i don't That's think uh, it's a matter of uh i was uh my life was showing people a negative aspect i just feel like wherever you go there'll always be those people that look down upon you or yeah. don't see the, the potential that you see it yourself I see what you're saying. So at what age did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Uh, the initial start, the initial break was around 18 when I went to university. And because of the financial situation in my background, uh, yeah. I was you know, forced into entrepreneurship. Uh, okay, so you didn't graduate from university? No, I did actually. I, I have an uh, accounting degree. Did that help you in your business or it's something that you never really helped in uh, what you're doing right now? It actually, it actually did. Because okay. like you said, if you, like you said in the beginning, SFG was a company that first looked at the financial services of businesses, other businesses to assist businesses financially yeah. in terms of tax compliance and accounting. Mm-hmm. So that, that stems from that uh, foundation of me going to, university to do accounting oh, so that's okay. where it comes from ah okay and uh, yeah. where did you find the capital to start the business because you have mentioned that you know you didn't come from a a, a privileged family you, you came from a very disadvantaged background so well, how did you come up with the capital uh just to correct you it's not per se as that my background was very disadvantaged but yeah i feel like it it was not enough in terms of university fees and accommodation, but it was not disadvantaged in terms of that we were poor. We were not poor, but we're just not, you know, as most black people in South Africa, we're just not uh, financially stable to an extent where you can walk by university with everything covered. Oh, but I to answer, But to answer your question, um. We never had capital, so mm-hmm. we began uh, my first like uh, my first step in entrepreneurship was for through selling things. So I started selling watches, then I went on to salt glasses, sunglasses. Oh, okay. Through that, through that we accumulated a lot of money uh, in our first attempt. So and and unlike most people, uh, we didn't spend the money; we used the money to accumulate savings to build SFG to what it is today. Interesting. So when you started with the watches, were they like uh, luxury? So, so, so were you selling high-end watches like Rolexes or Uplots, or you're just selling uh, regular watches? Uh, what what type of watches were you selling at the time? Uh, yeah, we're selling normal normal watches, your quads, right? Yeah. And we had a supplier from China, so they were very inexpensive. They were not expensive at all. So they were very easy to acquire at first. So we acquired a lot, and then we managed to sell them in university at high-end prices. Oh, okay. So 
that turned out to be a good uh, a good business model. We made we we're making around forty thousand a month, which as a university student, you know, getting forty thousand rand uh, is quite a lot of money. Yeah, that's around like three thousand five hundred US dollars a month, right? Yeah, and and so it was, uh, it was sorry. Uh, no, go ahead, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so as a, I'm saying, it was a very good business model. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just increases your hunger, man. The man, the more money you make, it increases your your hunger to to make more money. <laughs> okay, so what what did you start doing after that? After realizing uh, that you could make uh, you know a lot of uh, money uh, from selling watches, so what was the next step? We tried uh, different types of businesses. I don't want to lie to you. We ventured into, we did a lot of research. Yeah. Anything that looked like an opportunity, we entered into. Whether it was the car washes, whether it was um, the the idea was just to try to create, uh, try to fill gaps in the the market, trying to find what people needed, try to find what we how more how how we can make more money, and we tried everything until we we found a a winning mechanism for us, something that we said, you know what, this is the right way to go, and let's let's try to grow this. Oh, interesting. And uh, what was the biggest challenge that you faced faced when you first started? Um, the biggest challenge or the biggest challenge going forward? Uh, so, so the biggest challenge coming up uh, when, when, when you first started the business, like, you know, when you first started selling watches and stuff like that, and you started, you know, earning a lot of money, what, 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 what challenges did you face as an entrepreneur? Yeah, um, I would say the biggest challenge is character-wise. For me personally, I felt like the biggest challenge wasn't in business itself. Uh-huh. Yes, business is challenging, but the biggest challenge is character-wise. As, as you make more money, you become financially bigger than other people, and that can give you a big head. So the biggest challenge is always trying to maintain that uh, person that you've always been in front uh-huh. of people, and maintaining yeah. that patience with people even though you know more than them and not walking around as if you know what i know more than you you listen to me but maintaining that relationship with people from the start even though you are bigger than them but still representing yourself as a humble person that you've always been Uh, money changes people huh (laughs) money it's hard not to change because of money because you get exposed to a lot of things about yourself when money comes yeah, I get you. And uh, what do you think? What do you think we need to do to help more young Africans to get into entrepreneurship? Um, I think personally, I think uh, the, the 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 system that we grow up in, where we are taught that we're supposed to rely on governments. Yeah. For me, that is the biggest hindrance. To a lot of people, to many people, and I think if we enter into a world where people understood that no one is responsible for you, mm. no government will make you rich, I think a lot of people understand that entrepreneurship entrepreneurship is the way to go. Because, for example, I have a company that uh, creates websites. Yeah, I'll just give you an example. And we hire people that create websites. I, I, I'm not an uh, IT person. I know nothing about coding. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But all those people that do websites, 
do not start companies of their own. They, they, they instead go outside to look for jobs. And then that has always been a teaching that has been passed on to generations and generations. To depend mm. on someone to give you something, to use your own gift to make that person rich. So I think if there was a line of education, a change in education, and how people, young people especially, started to understand that no one is responsible for you. Yeah. You're supposed to start your own stuff, not be built by somebody else. I think that would help a lot of young people, especially in the, <clears throat> me myself coming from a situation like that, where I grew up and I was taught, go to school, get a job. Mm. And I, honestly, <laughs> I don't think that that's something that works, especially in Africa. Yeah, I, 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 I get you. Because, uh, you know, for me, the time I spent in Africa, everybody was like, the government need to change so that things can improve. And from time to exactly. time in Zimbabwe, the government never changed the whole time I was there. So a lot of people waiting around for all the 19 years I was there saying, oh, the government need to change. The government is going to change. It never changed. It's still the same. And those people are still sitting back saying, like, if the government changes, our lives will same improve. Story. <laughs> same, same story. story. <laughs> and and what you, you know? I'm beginning to realize that these people are not going to change anytime soon, whether we like it or not. This, they, yeah, no matter know, how much you like. <laughs> yeah, no matter what, <laughs> whatever we do, the structures are going to be the same. What we need to do is to focus on ourselves and how we can improve ourselves. As you say, we need to take uh, responsibilities. You know, we need to take it upon ourselves because, you know, it's our lives that are getting wasted whilst you're waiting on these politicians to make some changes. Exactly my point. Yes. I feel like like that's what many young people need to understand. I feel like many people understand that later on in life. And it's very unfortunate because... I know, I know the saying that it's never too late, but yeah. it's 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 in entrepreneurship. I feel like the younger you are, the more hunger you have, and it's harder to remain hungry the older you get. And uh, if more people were educated in terms of understanding that at a young age, you know, yeah, I feel like many people would be big. Man, I tell you, I work with a lot of young entrepreneurs. Just talking to them, man, they're just inspired, they're motivated. They just say they have the hunger. They're just ready, man. They're just ready to go. So, it's, it's, yeah. so, 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 so my, my goal is to try to, you know, to get our, uh, our younger brothers into entrepreneurship as, as, as soon as possible. Do you think we should get into schools and get involved and try to, to, to help them and show them, like, you know, entrepreneurship is the way. You don't need to wait on the government. You don't need to wait on anybody. It's a no, definitely. To change, definitely. To change your life. And, and, and uh, you know, I saw your company where you do websites and I saw you like with a few celebrities uh, yeah. and I thought you, you yourself, you were like a web designer. How did you, so did you see an opportunity of, you know, saying like, oh, these guys are web designers. They want to go out there and look for a job. Let me employ them myself. Or how did you get into, into the web designing? Um, it started when me, myself, my, my other companies, I needed, um, a website yeah. and i realized that hey man i don't know i don't i don't want to become to bring this into a racial conversation but i realized that in south africa most big uh it companies are white okay. you know, we pride ourselves in always trying to look for black suppliers because yeah. in sfg um we do projects we do construction and we do logistics 
So every time we try to subcontract to someone, we always look for somebody who's who's black, right? Oh, okay. So when we wanted uh, an IT company to integrate into our systems, what we wanted for our websites, our payroll systems, we realized that most companies are white, and I saw that. I didn't find that. Uh, I didn't find it comfortable. Oh, you know, I get you. to partner with white companies. So I just thought here's a market to be exploited, and I went ahead. Hmm. With, with exploiting it, yeah. And how's it? How has it been going for you? Uh, have you been successful uh, in, in in the market? Yeah, actually, I feel like uh, look, I, I started SFG, right? Yeah, and it was a steadily growth, but the way Essential Web grew in a space of months it just shows you how the world is changing. You know, many people are going digital. Many people are going. Uh, to the internet you know nowadays you don't go around and ask somebody where can I find a panel beta you go to google and, and search panel beta near me so yeah. I feel like the market for IT and you know for uh, fourth generational what do you call it industrialization has uh, grown even in Africa yeah. I know probably there in the US it's 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 a normal thing but I feel like the market here is just big yeah, the market, there's, there's opportunity right there. But the problem is that our youths are not aware of that opportunity that's available on the internet. Like, you know, that's where the new jobs are. They don't get it. And, you know, a lot of people are spending time and a lot of money on degrees that are pointless and useless because, you know, you don't get yeah. what's current. They're still learning things that were relevant 20, 30 years ago. It's just, you know? <laughs> so I don't know how best can we address that and help our brothers to understand, like, you know, this is the wrong direction. Exactly. Taking. <laughs> you know, because yeah. when I went to university, I was yeah. in a textbook, right? If Yeah. Yeah. But just to find out that now that ebook is online, is there for free. But now people are still buying textbooks and paying thousands and thousands of rands just to buy something that's on Google. There's nothing you cannot find on the internet. Nothing. Everything is there. You know? Yeah. Everything is there. But the problem our brothers, when they go there, they search for Facebook and other things that are irrelevant. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. For the, with, for the most important thing that they need exactly. to for. Exactly. Exactly. People are spending more time socializing than... Uh, informing themselves and educating themselves and that's the downside of what the internet is doing to many young people but if many people were aware of what the internet was actually created for because the internet was never created for socializing the internet was was created to globalize the world and if many people were aware of that opportunity I promise you poverty in Africa wouldn't be so bad as it is right now yeah, man, that's that's why that's what I'm trying to change, man. I've created a lot of partnership with a few young people, you know, around Africa, and we're trying to push to make our brothers away. Like, uh, you know, that's part why I created this podcast. But I don't think a lot of people even listen to it. That I want, that I intend to, that I intend to listen to this podcast because I so my goal is to figure out ways that I can, you know, I can educate our African brothers so they know that there are opportunities online that exist. Do you, do, do you know how best yeah. you can do it? Yeah, I feel like uh, advertising the podcast, because you, most of your podcasts as so I've been going through your podcast are very educational, right? Yeah. And um, there's a market for people. There's a market there 
around people who who's looking for that who are looking for that uh, it's just a matter of just advertising it it's easy to advertise these days or it's on social media or it's on google and the more people that come in the more sponsors that do come in at the end of the day so i feel like if we take that approach of advertising it yeah and advertising because to a, a larger crowd yeah uh, the bigger this thing will go oh because it is huge yeah i, I, I from my it. eyes yeah, it's going yeah. to get huge. Because me, when I was building it, I was looking three to five years from now because podcasting is not a thing right now in Africa. But I think with time, everybody's going to catch up on it in the next three to five years. So I so I created the platform thinking ahead. Because, you know, once you create a digital product, it's out there forever unless you delete it. That's the good thing about having yeah. about creating a digital product. It's yours. It's like any... You don't invest money in it, but it's kind of like an investment. You know what I'm saying? Because investing time and things like that, but it will pay off. Exactly. Because go ahead. Especially with the people that you're interviewing, yeah. Uh, the bigger they get, the bigger that podcast is worth. And yeah, uh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So why do you think it's important to empower each other as Black African entrepreneurs? I think you're you're very big on you know on Black empowerment. So I I want to hear from you. Why you think it's important to empower each other? Yeah, I cannot, I cannot emphasize that enough, man. Uh, I cannot emphasize the fact that if many black people understood that it is not actually white people that are bringing us down anymore, it's us yeah. failing to unite each other. That is the main problem at the. I feel like if many people, because the biggest market in Africa is black people, not white people, but the white people are still enjoying that market. How is that so? The biggest market around us, people who are buying everything is black people. But yet black people are not buying from black people. They're buying from every other race but black people. If, if like for now, if you go to your, 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 your nearest supermarket, right? Yeah. The people yes. that you'll find in that supermarket is not white people. You'll find black people. If you go to your clothing shop, the people that you'll find is black people. True. But yet black people are not supporting the black person next to them. I'd rather go to the white person that lives 10 kilometers away from their house. And unfortunately, that's how we were raised, man. And how we have always been raised on survival against your, yeah. black, your black brother and your black sister. Uh, I cannot emphasize the need to come together as black people. I cannot emphasize that enough. And that's one of my missions in life. That's what I believe is one of the things I've been called for. To unite yeah. black people in Africa, people around me. So, 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 so far, how have you been able to unite the black people that have been around you? Because I, I understand because your company, you said like you know you're not comfortable with uh, dealing with people that does don't have like a black yeah. ownership. So, what, outside of that, what, what else uh, have you been doing? Some other projects outside of that to to try to support and you know help black people around you. Yeah. Look. Um, to avoid being racial, this is not about yeah. us being racist or anything. When we have nothing about against white people but, or other races. But but but, but, but <laughs> no, I'm just I just want to get that out of the way. You know people I, catch I, 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 I mean, sometimes it's okay to be racist. That's just me. I I want to sometimes it's okay to be racist. I think your people should come first. I, I don't blame white people when they put their own people first. It's natural. It's it's called natural selection. I don't know if you ever seen it. Like if if you're in a place and you see like someone of a different color and your own color, who are you going to pick first to support in terms of danger? 
you're gonna look for somebody who looks like yeah. your mom or your sister, right? So I understand it when Definitely. some other racial things happen against black people when white people do it. It's not their fault. A natural selection, man. It's natural. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but, Definitely. But, but, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, we have uh, as a, a sanctum, we have sanctum, the sanctum movement, yeah. where we look uh, at supporting orphanages and uh, less fortunate around us through education and through obviously the giving back, man, buying what we, we can for them, charity work, then they. Oh, okay. Uh, that's nice, man. That's wonderful, yeah. man. And, you know, the thing with a lot of African business, they're not involved in charity work. So I'm, I'm happy that you're in that space and, you know, you're trying to help uh, empower the young uh, black kids, uh, uh, those orphanages. Yeah, I believe the more you give back, the more is, the more is given to you. That's my motto in life. I think if you help people, God will help you. And I believe in that uh, so much, man. Uh, I get you. And uh, so what advice do you have for young entrepreneurs that want to get into business? Uh, the biggest advice I'd give to, as long as you identify yourself as an entrepreneur, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the, as long as you identify yourself as an entrepreneur, my advice was take risks that are really risks. You know, many people don't take risks. They take steps forward, but when it comes to taking risks, I'm talking about taking that loan. I'm talking about uh, t- using your all your all your money on that business. Um, take risks. Yeah. Don't be afraid of taking risks. Take risks. If it doesn't work out, it didn't work out, you'll learn. If it works out, you'll be rich. Just take risks. And that's what worked for me. I've always taken a lot of risks and uh, it, it has paid off. And the only advice I can give, look, I can give people advice from books, yeah. from motivational speakers, from what I've been told, but I just want to give people an advice from my own personal experience. And I'd just say, take risks. Take. Don't be afraid of taking risks. If you, if, if you fall, you fall. Yeah. If you perish, you perish. But the rewards are probably going to make you richer than you've, you've ever been. So take risks. Yeah, that's true. You mentioned something about books. Do you read a lot? Uh, not really. Not really. I don't want to let you. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to let you. I, I'm, I'm keen. I'm keen on reading yeah. more books. But I feel like, like, I started being very busy with my time when I was 18. Uh-huh. And I was juggling a lot of stuff at that time, university. I don't want to make excuses. But I never had time at that time to just buy a book and read. And I grew into that lifestyle. I want to change it, though. But I grew into that lifestyle of never, not having enough time to, to, read. to read a book. No, nah, that's fine, because some other entrepreneurs actually don't believe in reading. <laughs> they, they actually say, like, you know, reading is, is not good for them, because, you know, it just depends on the person. Some other entrepreneurs yeah, don't like reading. I don't want to lie. The only, the only book I've been reading is the Bible. I've always been a fan of reading the Bible. I feel like it has given me more inspiration than any other person as ever given me, but yeah, I'm not a fan of reading books. I don't want to lie to you. Yeah, I, I get you. And uh, do you have any last words uh, for the people before we let you we end the podcast? Yeah, supporter. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, I listen like that. <laughs> to, uh, listen, listen to his podcast. Uh, let's grow this thing. Let's Let's make sure it becomes big. The bigger it becomes, the more people you're going to get involved. The more people that get involved, the less people are poor. So I feel like 
uh, more people should listen to more of your podcasts. They should subscribe where they can subscribe and then yeah. listen to more of your interviews, man. It's a Thanks. big thing. I, I support this 100%. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And how best can people reach out to you? Uh, you can only find me on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And Twitter. Instagram on Twitter. It's it's Instagram, Tavis Matthew. Instagram, Tavis Matthew underscore. Uh, all right, man. Thanks for doing this with me. I know you're busy. You could be making money right now, but you decided to spend your time with nah, me. Thank you. <laughs>